KTHX. Welcome back. It's 57 minutes past the hour, and you're listening to KTHX Radio. I'm Bill Williams, and this is the Let's Talk Turkey Sports Talk Radio Show. Next up is the crapshoot. And speaking of crapshoots, what do y'all think of that Civil War game this weekend? You know the number. Give me a ring. I'll be honest with you, I've never been a huge college football guy. I prefer the professional play, but I'll tell you what, from where I'm sitting, this sure looks like it's going to be a hell of a matchup. But that's just my opinion. I want to hear from you, so let's talk turkey. Caller, you're on the air. <laughs> Pleasure's all mine. Now, uh, what's your take on the game? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. That's... <laughs> well, sir, I know passions are high, but I'm not sure you can say that on the radio. But I do appreciate you calling in. You have a, you have a good night. You said it. And that's all the time we got. Uh, thanks again for listening and calling in. Uh, enjoyed all your calls today. Hope you're all having a great holiday weekend out there. I'm Bill Williams, and this is KTHX. K, thanks. Bye. Crap shoot. 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 Welcome to the Crap Shoot. I'm uh, Josh Millard. Uh, this is Jesse Holden. Jesse Holden, right here. That's Jesse Holden, and uh, we're we're shooting some crap. Uh, we're actually uh, we're waiting for Conan. I guess is the the name of this uh, this audio play. Uh, Conan Neutron <laughs> will hopefully be joining us. He's in town for a show. But uh, Was, are you making a reference to waiting for Godot? Yes. Okay. Via Guffman, if you want. I mean, or waiting you know. for Guffman. I mean, people have waited for a lot of things, I suppose. Tinner really just Andre. those two things. I can't come up with more examples off the top of my head, right. so I should probably leave it alone. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. So Or just not have brought it up in the first place. Yes, that, that, that could work. That well, but I really felt it was important to frame Conan's presence here as that of, you know, an absent god in a, you know, sort of existential despair sort of situation. He sort of is. He sort of is a rock and roll superhero. I, I, I think that's a fair assessment of Conan Neutron. He even has a superhero name. It is. It's a. It's it's a. It's a name that says this is a name I have on purpose. You know. <laughs> it's uh. There, there's no sort of. Oh, I wonder if that's their given. No. It's, that's that's a name. That's a name you have chosen. That's a. Yeah. An act of self-identification right there. He's on his way here. He got waylaid by bad traffic, and um, I did too. So we're actually even starting late, but he's here even later. Uh, and so he'll just kind of step in, I guess. As soon as he gets here, but uh, to to stress, it's my fault. I was late. It's not his fault that he is late. He right. is doing his best to get here on time, which is more than I can typically say for myself. Because yes, he's he's he, like, did I say this already? He's in out of town uh, to play a show tonight. Yeah, he's playing a show at um, the No in Portland, Oregon. It's on, on Alberta. He um, he's in town, uh, coming through on tour with his band Victory and Associates. The No, also known as that bar with Bill Cosby on it, uh, if I'm remembering the right... I think that's the right one. This is Probably. On the, I yeah. can't... You know, I'm so fuzzy right now. I'm yeah, so tired a, right yeah, now you, as you, we you're, record. You're, you're running kind of ragged. <laughs> Your uh, work, uh, work been keeping you busy? It has, although I just kind of don't want to talk about it. I okay. mean, there's a bunch of dumb shit happening right now. Like, I got in a car accident, but I actually don't really want to talk about it. It's just I'm tired of it. I'm yeah, tired yeah, of dealing yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, you got fucking T-bone, but I you're, okay. you're okay. And I'm okay, and the other driver's okay, and his passenger is okay. I mean, I was telling you, I hurt my knee me uh this morning cleaning the house i just kneeled wrong and like whammed my knee and did i come out of that in worse shape than you came out of the car accident essentially you poor dear um 
Did you get Probably any- you're in better financial shape. <laughs> <laughs> it did not cost a whole lot to bruise my knee. I will yeah, that. this it is going to be a, this. It's, there was a right of way question in mind that the insurance ruled on the other guy's side, much to my chagrin. Yeah, that is that is worthy of chagrin. Yeah, but uh, so anyways, that's the that's topic one. I don't want to talk about. You want to ask me about my job now? <laughs> I'm just going to assume it all has to do with Mavericks, <laughs> and, and we don't even have to No, it's all it. internal stuff or the point-of-sale system being revamped and some other kind of system stuff and, you know, employee turnover problems. It's dumb. It's just dumb yeah, work stuff, yeah, and, okay. and I'm now in a position, unlike before, where it's now my responsibility to deal with bigger issues like that. <laughs> I know, right? I was You're a sucker, and I took a job pr- a promotion offer like, in, like a sucker. Never get promoted. Never no, get promoted. No, no. Ne- stay where you are. <laughs> Every time I got Toil promoted... In in the mines that's where it's best yeah <laughs> uh gosh so uh what what not bad has been go- we haven't so we should clarify the, the last episode we just aired uh which turned out to be episode seven but we didn't say on the episode which one it was because we decided we wanted to have it be a flexible episode yeah uh, that could just float there if we needed a fill-in and then we just used it right away yeah well but we didn't use it right away we used it like three weeks later is the interesting thing because that was the lost in time and space episode that we recorded uh, last month, uh, back on October 23rd, and today is the 21st of November. But it say? aired in the order we recorded it. Yes. yes okay. It so, yeah. So, we used it right away in the sense that we recorded it anticipating using it to fill in sometime right, right, right. in the distant future. Yeah. So, we used it in we used it in, in, in order, which is ironic because the plan was to have it right, in who knows what order. So, we didn't say what episode it was. It was episode seven. Right. Uh, which you really love numbering the episodes, and, and now I feel bad that we didn't allow you to number that one. No, no, it's, it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the journey into the unknown. I'm I'm a little bit. Uh, it's it's actually kind of a disappointment that it ended up being in sequential order. Right. Uh, but but this is good. Now we're we're recording this. We'll we'll air this next week, and we'll record next week. It'll be no longer like a giant fucking time warp every time we uh, do. An right. Episode. Due to the due to the our plan, we had, we had been recording way ahead of time, and we were actually recording at a pretty brisk pace, which meant that because there was a delay between when we recorded and when we released, the delay never tightened up because we were never so lazy <laughs> as to stop recording. So since that last episode we recorded and now we decided to let that kind of time lapse and catch up so we could be recording more immediately between, you know, there'd be less time between when we recorded and when it would release. But that just meant basically taking a month off yeah, for which, all intents and well, purposes. okay. I mean, you had to travel some and uh, we had some scheduling stuff. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I, think it, I think it worked out. And now we can, you know, enjoy the, the tighter release schedule and the sense of constant terror that comes with not having a backlog. So, yeah, it'll be, you know, I think, it, I think it's a, a real solid setup. Terror can be a really good motivator that way. And we can do more kind of real-time follow-up, or not real-time follow-up, but relatively quickly turned around follow-up. I mean, when we're talking about the baseball issue, by the time the (laughs) throwing a baseball at the sun episode aired, you know, we had already had like two follow-up conversations, but they, you know, were weeks away from being released. Meaning any any uh, response that someone gave would be kind of out of sync with the ongoing conversation yeah. they were having. Anyway. Which is a problem for the giant volume of comments we have coming in on the on the site since we. It's unbelievable. It's... Settle down, guys. <laughs> I think I think we're up to we're almost up to two digits. Double digits. That would be a big including landmark. our responses. But... Right. But still, I think it's fair to count our responses. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it's good content, you know. That's actually one of the, I, I think, something just kind of a free form or a, just a loose idea, a conversational prompt that, that had occurred to me is that um, 
not reading the comments, I think, is is just... It came up in one of the other episodes, but I, I mentioned that I can't read... I mean, it's a rare website where I don't haven't explicitly blocked the comments via <laughs> browser plugin. And I think that you have a philosophy that's more engaging with the morass of humanity on the internet. Well, I... I... The thing is, comment sections have bad reputations because of bad comment sections. Because they're filled with bad yeah, people and, 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 and words. And, and that's an understandable ideas. association for people to make because a lot of comment sections are bad. But they're bad because they're really badly made. I mean, they're not thought through. You don't have someone saying, you know what would really add some value to this experience I'm presenting on the internet? Comments from people with zero investment in you know it, it's it, you get people just putting up comment boxes for no good reason and then you've got people with like the least sense of engagement on a civil level using those in gwiz you get a pile of crap so i it's not so much that i want to interact with the morass of humanity insofar as we're defining the morass as the jackasses that make comment sections terrible it's more that i feel like if you're having people comment for some reason other than sheer boredom and maliciousness comments aren't necessarily going to be that bad. I mean, you can go to YouTube and find videos where there's just a short collection of very nice, constructive, interesting comments. They exist. It's not going to be a you know big music video uh, comment stream, but lots of little places where a bunch of assholes didn't randomly show up because they were bored. Yeah, the comments are fine. It's just people saying, oh, hey, I, I really like this video, or oh, hey, I remember I saw this thing this one time, or hey, can you tell me more about this thing? It's, it's fine, you know, so... sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, I, I don't think it's an afterthought when a website, like, a, especially like a newspaper site or something, uh, adds comments to their articles. I think it's a very deliberate move in the sense that not only do they now just get this huge additional base of just Google juice for like specific phrases and terms and things that they get increased in the search rankings because there's just that much more text, new text being dumped onto a page on an ongoing basis. But also, especially when you make it hook into something like someone's Facebook account and stuff, you're implicitly making them cross post to their own Facebook wall when they comment on it. Yeah, but that's neither of those, neither of those have anything to do with thinking that it's going to make a better experience to have comments involved. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that like a newspaper site puts the comments on literally out of nothing but a cargo coat mentality that well comments are a thing you're supposed to have although I think that's part of it um, and I think how much of a commodity thing comments are on content management systems at this point is makes it really easy for someone to include comments without really thinking very hard about it mm -hmm. like if you make it really easy to include a comment section it's a lot easier for someone to not think very hard about whether or not to enable it but i agree with yeah what you're i wanted I think to be those... clear that i don't i i i and we agree i think on this it's not it's not out of um just ignorance that comments are enabled on sites where it's detrimental to the site to have comments enabled it's out of outright malice yeah <laughs> basically people who make websites are trying to kill the world they're trying to kill our it's, humanity it's yeah it, it's a it's a kind of uh, invocation of evil it's uh, it's essentially a chapter of the necronomicon i agree uh chapter 23 Enable comments on your right. news site but uh, it, in Latin. It, it gets know. sure. Enable Latin comments. Yes. <laughs> the it gets to what I think is a is a interesting consequence of my philosophy, which is going out of my way to to like keep myself from even accidentally seeing comments on websites where I think it's going to be detrimental to my experience of reading that article or watching that video or something. Um, in that, there's a counter argument to that that you are then 
creating you're just making the whole internet the 4chan that everyone just turns a blind eye to and is so they so the trolls just run wild and free and and you do a better service to the state of discourse especially on the internet by engaging and adding thoughtful considerate responses and and level raising the level of discourse um and when you ignore the problem it doesn't go away it gets bigger do you know what i mean yeah do you do you think that that's right? I mean, do you think that if if every thoughtful commenter said like, you know what, I don't even want to engage with these jackasses, I'm not even, I'm just going to ignore all that, that that the state of discourse goes up or down? I I think it's I think it's more complicated than that. I think the problem is the 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 nobility of engaging to try and improve the discourse. Uh, uh, I think that's totally unquestionable. Yes, that's that's a noble thing to try. And uh, I think it's very worth doing, um, but I think uh, it's worth doing in a theoretical sense, like in a sense that you know, given the choice between doing that or not doing that, in some sort of like you know ethical dilemma, some sort of trolley problem, uh, sure, yeah, do it because it's a good thing to do. If you have the resources and the inclination, go out there and make the conversation better by being you know a good part of it. Uh, in practice, uh, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way that like normal people with their resources could affect a change at this level to the internet at large because the problem is there's way too many stupid places for people to have shitty conversations where there's no other forces actually supporting that you know move towards civility so you could go in and try and superhero the shit out of a specific site's comment sections and maybe you'll have an impact and maybe you'll even have a positive impact but it's going to be a ton of work for you there can be a ton of pushback from other people who don't give a shit about your desire to clean up the streets or whatever they're not there for the same things you're there for and you're just going to tire yourself out probably you know make a lot of other people angry you know righteously or not however you want to you know look at it it's 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 like if you see someone litter picking it up i feel like that's a noble thing to do yeah it's like oh you know what let's let's not leave shit on the ground i'll pick this up if you go to a landfill and try and deal with the litter problem you're just gonna fucking drive yourself crazy you're gonna burn yourself out i i feel like that's the scale of things you have to take into account whether or not you're going to be able to accomplish something practically and i don't think the solution to shitty comment sections is people engaging civilly i think it's people who are responsible for curating those things thinking harder and being smarter about how this so i feel like it's much more slower a much more systemic thing you have to have a lot more people in charge of making these spaces available making good decisions about whether and why and how they should be available rather than just expecting a bunch of you know well-meaning vigilantes to come along and just polite everything into shape you know it's <laughs> so there's two good answers there and i think i i feel like i need to be the devil's advocate to both of them. You've always liked Satan. I do love Satan. Um, one is that you feel that a you okay. So the the two things I hear there are one, uh, it is noble and has a positive effect to bring that a uh, 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 thoughtful and considered argument to that type of shit ball conversation, shit pile conversation. Sure. Two is. It won't. It won't do good, for, even if you know the throngs of people do that because they're outnumbered by the assholes. Do you think that assholes on the internet out outnumber well-meaning people? No, I think assholes, in the narrow definition of someone who comments in a thoughtless or stupid way, outnumber non-assholes in specific areas of the internet because they don't. There's no incentive for the nice people to show up. 
there's no incentive for the assholes not to act like assholes. Okay. Uh, so like I, I don't I don't think the average person who makes a shitty comment on the internet is necessarily a shitty person. I have a I have a, I have a strong belief that people are fundamentally pretty decent, and oftentimes decent people are thoughtless because they aren't prompted to think about what they're doing. Sure, and I think that I think that in a conversation that's already so loud and shrill, I mean it's the equivalent of having to scream in a loud party just to make your voice heard. Yeah. Where I think a balanced answer may just be drowned out, or at least they think it will be, so that if they feel like the conversation's drifting too far to one side, they have to make a hysterically over exaggerated conversation, you know, yeah. gambit toward the other side just to balance it out. Yeah. I mean I it's th- like someone who sees a, a uh, uh, something on Amazon is rated at two stars and they think it should be three stars. They don't rate it three stars they rate it five because they want to tip the needle yeah you gotta yeah you gotta sort of react or vice versa they would rate something they don't think should be four stars they rate it one star because they want to just bring it down a peg yeah no i i think i think it's really easy to end up in sort of a uh oppositional place even when you're otherwise a pretty reasonable person i think that happens a lot i mean we see that happen uh on metafilter which i where i moderate as we've talked about before and where you spend time and and metafilter's got a pretty reasonable level-headed audience uh the people engaging there are the kind of civil people i want to hang around with and even then people who i agree with and i know are smart and i know are capable of great deal civility they will sometimes just lose their shit about stuff and it's like so it's it's obviously it's not a thing where there's people who are perfect and people are awful and nothing in between every all of it is shades of gray uh, and, and people having better days or worse days or trying harder or trying not as hard. But uh, so to, it, it also, and, and sorry, sorry to rush through this because uh, Conan is here and I'm going to run up and see him. But I have to finish this argument. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> um, the the other to answer to to address the first issue though, I'm not sure that it is. Uh, has a positive effect for someone to go into those types of conversations with positive intent because I think that the the benefit of closing those like sealing those those conversations up and just not engaging with them at all is that I think the oxygen does goes out of the room and I think trolls trolling trolls gets boring for trolls you know what I mean and I think as soon as someone wades in and is ready to like engage and say like you know what actually that's really wrong because that's really offensive um, all of a sudden they get the shit pile like the shit pile happens onto them there um, you're gonna run off and let Conan in and uh, so I guess I get the last word on that excellent it's good news for me We'll probably cut to a break here, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to get cut out or not. I'll just keep talking. Hello. How's it going, man? <laughs> I can see it. We just started recording without you. That's totally fine. Did, did, a, uh, oh, wow. did you come to a stop, or, or, or did you? Or were you just monologuing I, straight up? Or I was straight up monologuing while you were gone, yeah. All right. Oof, uh, you're gonna. You're really gonna realize how much I just kicked your ass in that conversation I, when I, you I listen look to this later. To never reviewing it. Yeah. Uh, Vamping. It's called a vamp. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that pop, that... that pop pop filter's a little limp there. I hope you forgive us. I wasn't gonna comment on it. I didn't want to insult its virility. <laughs> it's it's very secure. Uh, it's 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 aging gracefully. Uh, Hi. Hello. Hi, you're Conan. I'm I am. I'm Josh. Hi. All day, every day. Hi, Josh. Yeah. Jesse, of Jesse. course. Hi. Been a while. Yeah. It's this is funny because like Conan and I have like met in the sense that like I've run up to him and hugged him and we've like drunkenly <laughs> yelled stuff at Our each other one, yes. and and uh, you know, there's there's sort of a we oh, orbited around each other. Yeah, but we I don't know that years. we've ever like sat down and had a conversation. I can so, guarantee like, we you have, we haven't. Not in the, the real world. Right. Anyway. 
met, we've both met and haven't met in the sense. Am I sitting that, on a fucking Roomba? What is this? Wait, can I curse on the show? I don't. You, oh yes. We okay. insist. That's right. I've heard you curse. Do. Yeah, no, you're sitting on. You're sitting uh, on a. It looks it's, like a Roomba. It's not. Yeah, a Roomba. It does. This is great. This is what we call uh, on our show. We have mouse is big on the visual humor, mm. uh, which is great when you can't see it and it's on the internet. You can only listen. It's a, right. He's, he's the best visual humorist. In podcasting, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a. It, I do feel as if I am sitting on a Roomba it, right it, now. It, it's, it's basically it's. I would say it's the uh, fake vomit uh, equivalent of a Roomba. It's a uh, yeah. It's this blue disc. <laughs> the fake that's vomit. Uh, it, it's like a posture pillow thing. I guess it's okay. kind of like sitting on a yoga ball, except for much smaller. Is the idea? Yeah, but, I feel. <laughs> I feel like the, my core is getting strengthened. Yeah, by, yeah you're going to come out of this by, with by some fucking this. abdomen Is uh, that stuff you know, That wasn't there last time we recorded. <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, I, I, my, my drum I'll stool roll it. is it's over. Cool. Okay, you're, uh, you're, you're the guinea pig on this one. The fake vomit equivalent of the Roomba has to be the worst analogy I've ever heard yeah, in my <laughs> life, bar none. I knew it was a loser. I have no idea what to, where to go with uh, that. But yeah, no, I, I know usually got well. the, uh, the my, my, my drum stool over there, but my drums are over at uh, my band's house, and uh, sure. so so yeah, you get the chair with the the rubber Roomba. Yeah, that that's the thing uh, on our show. We actually have all drum stools as well, just because. Will you plug your show right now? Oh, I, I, I sure. Yes. I mean, I guess I am. Certainly, <laughs> if you stool related plugs, anyway, <laughs> that could be construed as totally different than how I meant it. Yeah, so we do. Uh, all right, so I'm. I'm in a band with three other dudes. Two of those guys and myself uh, comprised of a, a podcast, almost a television show for some reason, uh, <laughs> called You Can't Stop the Signal, which is a podcast ostensibly about music, mirth, and misery. Mm-hmm. We uh, talk to musicians and people associated with music and things that we like. We play lots of music that we do like. We talk about our own experiences with music, either going to shows, playing shows, uh, all that kind of stuff. I'd like I'd like to think it's it's a unique podcast in the uh, it it kind of branches over from in the humor and music worlds like just immediately to get into the shit talking uh, sound opinions for instance everyone's like very, very worshipful and musicians are treated like they all are coming from Pluto and we don't do that at all <laughs> in any way shape or form we try to keep it very conversational because the way we look at it is um, if you're talking to someone. If you just get them talking, like not like, oh, here's uh, we have a set list of questions that we're gonna just, right. just yeah, exactly. You get the coolest story. I mean, all right, as for instance, we have Brandon Canty from Fugazi, a drummer for Fugazi on the show, who's also in the great band Death Fix, where he plays guitar and sings. And I'm gonna say, gosh, maybe an hour into the show, we have I don't even remember what we were talking about. I have to like listen back to it and see, but we found <laughs> out that Fugazi. Oh, I, I, I was asking him, and sidebar, we had a rule amongst ourselves like none of us were going to mention Fugazi first <laughs> if he mentioned it cool like we would talk about it but and, and he mentioned it first I don't even remember how but we were like ah, you know that, that was a big deal for us because uh, and we've done that a few times so we've had people we've had people on that are really famous for a certain band like yeah, that's great or whatever and not talked about that until they brought it up first and I think that's actually kind of cool uh, but we asked hey Fugazi must have been asked to do some crazy stuff Right, like, what's the most like wild, like, crazy scenario, uh, thing that would blow people's minds that you were asked that you just couldn't or wouldn't do? So it turns out, Fugazi was asked to play the national anthem in the Big Lebowski, <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, this wasn't like the Big Lebowski that we know that we know and love. That's being like right. huge, like cult 
one of the biggest cult movies of right. all time. Right. Yeah. At the time, it was just like this new movie coming out. Yeah, Joel and Ethan yeah. Cohen. Oh, right. uh, Raising Arizona. The Raising yeah. Arizona yeah, guys are uh, doing some movies. Yeah. It's about bowling or something. I don't know. And it was never seriously considered. But just think about a Big Lebowski with Fugazi <laughs> playing the national anthem. How could you? I mean, an already amazing movie, right? right. How would it would somehow make it more amazing? So that, right. that's that's kind of stuff we thrive on. And yeah. we love getting like weird stuff like that. Uh, right, like David Yao from the Jesus Lizard right. on. He sang a song to his cats because <laughs> it was feeding time. Uh, that was bizarre and interesting. Yeah. Mouse asked him if he fucked around with lamb. They started talking about cooking. Those are mm-hmm. my favorite phrases. You ever fuck around with lamb? <laughs> and then also since uh, I'm a big fan of the medium uh, of podcasting as well as traditional radio, when we find things that are funny, especially out of context, you know, we use those as drops. And I like to think they're used more judiciously than the, uh, you know, <laughs> fart noise. Uh, <laughs> but but it's it's a way to sort of reset and keep things. Because we like to keep True. things lively and moving, but it's not like wacky morning show right. either. It's it's a weird thing. I've actually, as we've been doing this, because we've been, this is like uh, the eighth episode of this we've recorded. Right, right, right. Uh, and... Uh, so like it's starting to feel natural, but it's been really weird. Sort of. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Jesse remains terrified. <laughs> I've pretty much I apparently loosened up about it, but uh, but it, it takes it, a minute, man. Like I, yeah. I would say for us, it was probably episode like five or six. We kind of hit our stride, and I mean, I really think I mean the, the episodes are very effortless now. And like the, the most pain in the ass thing for me is setup. I fucking I still hate doing setup. Yeah. We have a you. I mean, you guys have like the the sleek. <laughs> like uh MacBook setup compared to like ours. Like we got a big right. bulky like road case with the Although we have we can take it uh, on the road with us. Right, you're repurposing your inst- like your mic that you were yeah. bringing for your band anyway, right? So the, yeah, yeah, the mics that we use are our mics that we actually use in our practice space because we record it at Mouse's place, uh which I I used to live at. It's actually recorded in my old room, okay. which is his living room slash uh den of crazy vinyl antiquities. <laughs> and we use the the mics that we utilize in practice because that's also where we practice. We built like a small scale studio practice room. We actually record all the vocals for the new Victory Associates record there, mm-hmm. and it sounds amazing. I mean, it should be. We put like five thousand dollars worth of like. I mean, I learned how to make a soundproof room. You know what I mean? And and I could probably do it again. Uh, and not just me, but well, mostly me. Uh, and what was going with that? Oh, so we've got this amazing studio, right? Like. Why don't you just do the podcast there? Well, because Mouse wants to smoke, and we don't allow <laughs> smoking in the in the room because oh, you're right, yeah. you're right. it's a small enclosed. It can get frequently swampy, nasty, <laughs> <laughs> nasty area, and we just we don't want to do that. Okay, right, cool. and the foam is just going to absorb the. Yeah, sound. It's, yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen a place where you got the soundproofing material and like right. people are, like smoking away and spilling? Oh, it's just fucking. Oh, it's vile. Yeah. Yeah. So we have we have this mobile rig that's a. Um, like an like eight channel mixer, uh, and I got a thing where the, all the music and the and the sounds and everything is like an iPad. iPad goes into the mixer, the old headphone amp, and I, I got like a rack compressor mm-hmm. connected. This is I feel like oh hardware details. All right, <laughs> <laughs> let's go <laughs> blog about this. Tape op radio. Right. <laughs> Next up, Larry Crane will tell One you how to tweak a compressor. One person out there is taking notes, though. We know. <laughs> no, so, but yeah. it's, well, it, it is an interesting. <laughs> so okay, I mean. Uh, 
I'll tell you what. Yeah. One thing that early on that we were kind of struggle with is we wanted to be able to take phone calls. Obviously, it's not a live show. So like, hey, call in with your questions. Do uh, not, you know, not like that. But right. But when you had yeah one, we you want to have guest car. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like well, we had Mike Moraski from Steel Bathtub on. Great episode. <laughs> love that episode. But he was in person, which was wonderful. I was love in person. But I knew for a fact most of the people we want to talk to were probably not going to be able in the same room at the same yeah. time. If you're on tour, it's very hard to. <laughs> <laughs> as, as evidenced by my late arriving rock dudeness, uh, it is hard to get around and right. make something like this happen. Uh, the best of times. Sorry. Sure. Uh, he so, was apologizing for hitting the mic. He's, I am. It's I don't okay know. That he was see what I, he's he's I, not I, being that self-effacing. <laughs> the visual. We've got to paint the visual. I'm not sorry for who I am. I'm just sorry for uh, hitting the mic. Stand. I'm sorry for any mic stands that were offended by my behavior. Well, I have a uh, one of those coiled drink stands uh for for my microphone for, for mm. practice as well as for the podcast mm-hmm. that makes the car so every once in a while you hear that in our show and you always know that like i just whacked into it with my knee or something some inside baseball it is some inside baseball but speaking of which the thing i thought i found fascinating was okay i'm gonna i'm gonna find out how people take phone calls so we can have like a really good sounding phone connection because sure, yeah. you can't just plug in uh, a phone put it into a mixer won't work so I got this thing. It's ostensibly it's iRig. It's called, and it's for like plugging your guitar to it, puts it to your iPhone, your iPad, or something, and like it's like a makeshift amp. Right. But the way that the inputs are done, like it's a ABY sort of interface, and it's a certain type of connector that if you plug in a phone or other audio source like Skype or. Uh, I don't know, what, what, what are the kids into? Like a, you get... Snapchat? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, some kind, some kind of chat roulette. Who the fuck knows? Uh, some, some two-way audio source. Then with a mixer, you can control, here's what the caller's hearing. So you can turn up. Oh, oh I see what you mean, yeah. All right, Mouse Jacob always has a tendency to be like way further off the mic. I tend to be really up hot on the mic. So you can adjust the volume levels as needed for that and also adjust them for the channels. And it works really well. And you can actually hear everything really well. We also have a lot of crosstalk on our show. <laughs> and that's something that's just like, that, that's where it is. But I had to, like, the level of research I had to do to find this goddamn $40 device that does everything I needed it to do. And I was like, why isn't there just some some blog somewhere that's like, hey, it's this thing, stupid. Right. Do it like this. But, yeah. Uh, and I guess I could be the idiot that, that makes that and... Right, enables so mediocre hey, podcasts stupid, around the world. That, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it, and it's all in a road case. So it's in, it's in a big, sure. big like amp head road case. You know, clamp it down. The only thing that doesn't fit in there is the are the mics and the mic stands, which we have to move separately. We were actually taking the show not on the road, but we've done like a, we did a remote with Torch, mm-hmm. uh, which was going to be a much longer piece. But the place they were playing, the the area we were doing the show at was. Like they didn't have a closed off area, so the band before them started sound checking. I was like, "Oh well, that's done," <laughs> which was hilarious. And I, right. in retrospect, it's it, it's still a fun episode, but it's like it's like ten minutes of that interview. And it's like, oh, yeah. we were just gonna have this be like the whole thing, right? Uh, but it, it was a learning process. It's it's a thing. I mean, it is a it's still a new medium, you know. And there's a lot you can do with it. And mm-hmm. for us, we like having a, a format. We try, we really try not to go over two hours if we can help it. But we do play a lot of music as well. So usually when we play a right. lot of music. And I, I kind of, for me, I like the freeform shows as well that we do as well as for the guests because we get to play more music. Because so, if we have a, we have on a guest, 
for, I, I don't know when this is going to... And you can't even say air, right? Because it's like, where's it airing? Is just it flying just, the just, just, just keep using radio jargon. Forever. I don't know when it casts. I want, but, I, yeah. I want like a hundred years from now. I want like the standard jargon for podcasts all to be radio terms that no longer make any fucking sense. I just want right. it to be this awesome probably will jargon, yeah. you know? Because I love that. I love it when it doesn't even make any fucking sense. Because then when you get excited about it and start learning it, you learn like learning like head and lead in journalism stuff. Like <laughs> right, if, you're, yeah, if sure. you're a blogger, you don't need to know HED or LEDE. But why not? Because then yeah. you can be all like, you know, you can revel in this sort of older you print d- journalism shit. You don't want us to all be saying, I can't wait for this to append to the RSS feed. <laughs> yeah. You don't want us to be saying that in five years? <laughs> I'm already there. Well, I don't know when this is going to append to the RSS feed. Right. But the episode that we just recorded before we left for tours, we had Steve Albini on. Oh, wow. Uh, which oh, was nice. great. And that, that was a, if I do say so myself, that was great. <laughs> yeah. uh, but because when you have a guest on, it's like, oh, this is done a lot of cool music the music ends up being kind of focused towards that guest like we played a few shellac songs and it was i guess for you guys it'd be a preview for the rest of the world if they remotely familiar with the podcast at all probably old news by the time this comes out but we asked him about certain songs and so that was like relevant to what we were we were talking about in in the episode right but i like the more freewheeling episodes sometimes too like sometimes we haven't i guess at all really and then we're just basically sitting around and bullshitting and that's I think that's disingenuous because to me it's not it's not bullshitting because there is a difference between having like themes and moving a show along and you don't necessarily have everything planned out like it's not scripted but you know places that you want to go with and sometimes you end up going somewhere totally different but some of my favorite shows I think are like that and the, the ones that I find are the weaker elements of podcasting are people that are trying to sound extemporaneous and just it's failing. Like it's, it's, just, it's a weird thing because yeah, it's about. I I, I, uh, I mean I, I I think we've done very little that we I don't think we've really tried to play anything off as this just happened. But uh, but there is that well well like the I idea don't know of, what like, you mean explain like, what you like, mean. Try, like, like, like hand like, me the beer opener first <laughs> oh shit sorry thank you oh who's uh, that at the door <laughs> yeah oh I see what Cohen was just saying the idea of like sort of like faux extemporaneous like uh, oh what a surprise this is or oh we haven't discussed this I mean we've talked about stuff that we've talked about previously but it's I think in we're the just not smart of, like, enough to even fake yeah, it, it like well, that and it's a lot harder you have to keep track of it like. Uh, the main thing where I hear that sort of thing is actually when it's being done specifically for a laugh. Like, I, I, I really love uh, Comedy Bang Bang is, like, probably my favorite podcast. And sure. Scott Argument does a great sort of straight-faced bullshit sort of thing. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. They, he's got a long kind of his, gig his where it's thing, like, yeah. oh, you know we have an open-door policy and people come in. But it's like, it's like if you've listened to two podcasts, you know this is not meant to fool you into thinking some stranger. It's like, no, okay, now we're going to do the bit where somebody had a character. It's shtick, right. yeah. Yeah, Tompkins has an idea, so we're right. going to run with it. and. Uh, but yeah, no, it is it is a weird thing. Well, and that uh, you said the wacky morning uh, DJ thing too, and that when we started doing this, we do not yet have a soundboard, and we 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 probably never will. But but I've I've thought about like I've thought about ideas as we started doing this project, it was like how we could do this, you know, and things we could bring in, and it was weird to realizing realize to some extent that I was sort of stumbling towards some of the stuff that seems like morning zoo stuff like i'm trying to reinvent the uh wacky dj wheel accidentally and it was a a really weird a friend of mine uh well one one of the folks in in the band i'm playing in uh he was doing a radio play for uh for an ep he's working on and uh he needed voice parts for a few things they open the door 
<laughs> well, I, was, I, I was playing the, the office douchebag who was being an, annoying, and uh, I think this may be some sort of commentary on. So it's a stretch, then, is what you're saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, you slow blow, perfunctory low blow with no uh, basis no, no, in reality. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's doing like some sort of office setting. I think this may be processing an office job we both used to have, or possibly the office job he still has, but. Uh, but anyway, so just, hey, this guy giving you trouble. Hey, I, I can't figure out how to do this thing on my thing. And yeah. did that. And there's like, oh, and also do a DJ reading this this intro. And I like, I went into like, ah, you're listening. And I was like, oh, my God. That's, but that's kind of, I don't want to be that. But I'm also, it's, it's I'm so I'm in a weird place where I'm trying to find Reconcile that territory. Yeah, where I can feel okay about the sort of like, I can be kind of a like withdrawn introvert person. Uh, so, so to some extent, having random people coming into my basement and chatting is a kind of a reach for me at times. I mean, it's not sure. Super... It's, it's not like necessarily your mo. You're not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple beers, and, and if, as long as it's not someone who's like really weird and standoffish, I, I warm up quick. But uh, but still, it's, it's like it's an effort of a, a kind. And so I think to some extent, inhabiting that I'm just going to be high energy and I'm just going to go for hey, it. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to the show. We got a great one for you today. We got a funny man, Carrot Top. And, you know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, 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 like I, you don't want to be that. Fuck but that at the same the time, chainsaw. you kind of want to have that level of capacity to just, like, be there and be on. And so it's like, yeah, it's a weird. Well, and I wouldn't much, I, as a listener, and I do listen to a lot of podcasts, I do enjoy the forum. In fact, I'm probably the only one in uh, the, doing the podcast that actively does listen. <laughs> into other podcasts sure, sure. Except other than you know whatever like if we're on tour or something cool but i mean i all the time like i listen probably to more talking and podcasts and whatever than i do music which is ironic uh but it, it is interesting that there is that delicate balance and for us i think it was i think i brought in the soundboard about episode six or seven and the modus behind that was like listening back to the episodes because i edited it as well and listening back to the episodes there were moments like just isolated, like, that's really funny. Like, and it's funny, it's really funny because, like, oh, there's this whole five minutes that led up to that being a funny, bizarre thing to say, but what if that was out of context? Like, that's fucking hilarious out of context. And then you can use that as as a breaker, or as, like, a reference point. And this and this was something that both Evan and Mouse were very dubious of. Because Evan, Evan has some background in radio. Mouse, less so, but they were like, oh, poo-poo and a poo-poo, oh, soundboard, blah, 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 just one of your toys. <laughs> but it was really vindicated when we had our friend Shannon Core uh, from the great band Minot, Greenlight the Bombers, um, a million other bands, great photographer in the Bay Area, and we had him as a guest host. And it was total vindication because I was like, I was like doing, you know, the thing that I normally do. And Janet was loving it. And he was, and he was like commenting <laughs> on it. And, and like, those guys were like, oh. <laughs> I, was like I, I was like, I fucking told you, come on. Cause that's not something, if you're doing it right, you almost don't notice it as a listener. Cause when you're, when you're in the process of making the art of doing the, of doing the podcast, and yes, it is art. Fuck you. Uh, when you're in the process of doing that, it's not as noticeable uh, it's more noticeable, but then when when you're listening to it as entertainment, it, it comes off a different way. And for me, my favorite parts of the show are, are like I said, are, are the things where you get off into these crazy stories and get this like weird stuff that like, what the hell did that come from? And that's how our show starts. So our show started just us kind of doing our shtick and like telling our, the, the insane stories and like opinions and things that we have to other people on tour. Like we had a restaurant and fucking like relating tales of things. And people are like, Oh, you know, you guys are really funny. You should have your own show. So enough people say that and find like, ah, do you want to try to do this? Like, ah, okay, cool. And first episode is rough. 
Like I, <laughs> it, and it's funny if you listen back to it. I do think it's funny, but I, yeah. I probably edited about 20, 25 minutes of like, sure. just, ooh, are we gonna, are we gonna hit into yeah. like anything here? Like this is, <laughs> man. But then there, there was a moment. Uh, there was a few moments, and there's, there's especially one where, I, I remember distinctly. It was, Mouse was just trying to like make. Like a joke related to a a, band, a member of a band that we just played is a playoff of the name, and he fucked it up so badly. <laughs> but he wouldn't he wouldn't give up. He kept trying to like go back to it, and like the him flailing around and doing that, and Evan and I just very honestly laughing. Right. Like, and I would listen back to it. I was like, that's really funny. Like, that's pretty fucking good. And like, I'm saying that someone like listening back to it, like you know whatever. I like when first did I was like, oh my god, this was a horrible idea. Let's never put this up ever. <laughs> And to be fair, the first episode's baby pictures for us now. Like we just r- wrapped episode twenty-one. We got twenty-two and twenty-three on the way. Sort of. I think that the report is already there, though. And a part of the advantage you had was that you've all been like crammed in a van for so many millions we, of hours. Totally, we're doing the show to nobody, <laughs> right? Like every drive between between, uh, except for it's a little more vicious. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> like, <Right. we> definitely. <laughs> I don't know. We we definitely call it like it is. Like there was a, we sure. we had a Ryan Christopher Parks from the great. Oakland band B Hamilton on, and we were talking about this uh, this house show we played. <laughs> we were talking about this band that, and actually in retrospect, listening to their to their CD, they have the CD's really well done, like the records well done, and you would think they were more more better, more interesting band than they were. <laughs> they were a more better. Band. They were a more better band, but they were a more better blues band. Maybe you've heard of them, uh, but they really pissed off mouse like big time like he was furious and mm. he was kind of neutron furious at them like i'm usually the ones like ah fuck this fucking band it's right. <laughs> outsized reaction but uh and, and and then the um the quote was and i got it from text message from him is like I, I think it was i think it was him oh uh, it's like it's like this band is totally talk show and he like fucking walked and he like left and I was like that's amazing and so we're retelling this story and we play one of their songs because like it is a good but we talked about like hey here's what we didn't like about that band here's why we thought here's like the, these wild like interesting mm. and then like right and then like when we were on break like Ryan Barks was like wow you guys kind of like just tell it like it is it's like oh, yeah, <laughs> the fuck's listening in the first case but even so yeah I mean if something sucks uh, and for instance uh, we played another show as, as Victory and Associates, that <laughs> they did the thing where instead of getting, like, one guest list per band member, you got one guest list per band. To which I was like, wow, just kick me in the fucking nuts, man. Like, I mean, really? One guest list per band? Like, see, no guest list is better. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> play enough shows to, to immediately uh, see the problematic nature. Can you... Can you well, uh, all right. So, all right. So, the thing is... And the thing you have to understand, this this was perfectly embodied by our friends in the band Police Teeth with the the song "Rock and Roll's a Pyramid Scheme," <laughs> and because the idea is when you're in a band at the uh, we'll say unknown level slash shit eating level of touring and playing shows, everybody gets paid for the band. You know, you have the uh, the bartender gets theirs, the door guy gets theirs, sound guy gets theirs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the few perks that you have is you get a couple drink tickets. Uh, and you know, hopefully you can get your, get your significant other or a unemployed buddy or whatever into the show. Sure. Sure. They like, maybe it's like down and they're like, doesn't have any money. So, and that, that's a normal, and the normal thing I would say is, is like one per band member, um, maybe two for like bigger shows or like nicer places. And you don't want, to be honest, you don't want to give too many away because otherwise nobody's making any money at all. 
get it sustainability but one per band oh so it was like it was one guest one guest oh per shit. band okay, that, yeah no, that's really fucking terrible and i was like after that happened and this is how this is probably one of the biggest change for the podcast i just laughed pulled out my phone <laughs> and wrote that down and that was like i like o- opened up the show the next time and it was i personally I, I mean i think it was awesome because it's like that's the kind of thing that I, I, we'll talk about that, sure, because it's like inside baseball for fucking music people. Well, yeah, that ties into so, like, yeah, you can really branch into a lot of uh, like door management. Sure, and, and then from there and, and we got we talked about door pulling and you know that that whole thing and like different approaches from and, and for me that's that's interesting because if there's another show that does that, I don't know, you know, I'm sure maybe there is, but sure. if, if they well if they do, they don't play as they don't have as good of interviews. They aren't as good extemporaneously, <laughs> and they don't play as good music. Like, I don't think all those four criteria cannot be met. Sure. Maybe two or three. I could be wrong. If there is, show me that show, because I will listen to it. I got to say, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I like, I, I'm glad that I understand what the situation with the door was now, but I'm also a little, uh, I'm a little sad because I was excited for a second that this was going to turn into some sort of weird clusterfuck, like, tipping etiquette that I just didn't know about. Like, somehow sure. having a guest list for the band instead of a guest list for individual people oh, was, like, gotcha. you know, splitting yeah. a check. Like, like no, but if No, they have to knows, be on the band list, not on mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They need to no, know no. that I got them in, not the band. No, otherwise, no, it's me. I'm yeah. trying to get laid here. <laughs> Come on, Cock blocking me. I think one of the best things about <laughs> podcasting is that there there's no map yet, really, in a lot of ways. And you can't sure. easily really just, you know, you broadcast a show on NPR and then you also release it as a podcast, right? Yeah, it works absolutely. just just plain as a format, like a web page, right? You can right, put a yeah. news article on a web page. But a website can be any number of insane things. And I think that you stumble into new areas that are have been untapped by radio and other audio audio mediums, like you're saying, where you can go off the reservation a little bit and you can let conversations unfold Dude, in new ways. And, and let it and, and, and all right, so as and then for me, and I guess ostensibly I'd be the producer of the show, right? So I'm editing it, I'm I'm generally directing it. Um I don't, we never like have we don't clearly define roles because who gives a shit? But uh, <laughs> that's kind of the case. And for me, I'm coming from spending like a lifetime like listening to talk radio and and listening to th- and like listening to shows like even Howard Stern, for instance, where if it it's made to sound like very conversational, but there's a place that you go, there's like certain things that you're doing, and like then there's certain, oh, you take a break here so that everyone can kind of like, you know, regroup and come back and then sure. yeah. switch. Maybe like, oh, this this is get the fuck out of this. This is dying, you know. <laughs> That's <laughs> It's important to know when you're being terrible too. Sure. And for us, we and we do have those moments and I think one of the things that we've done very well is we're really good at bailing the fuck out of when something has gone like rotten. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, but also drawing massive amounts of attention to it, which I think is hilarious. Some people hate it, but... Uh, and then there's a way to do it that's just like, oh, sorry, sir. And there's a way to do it that I think is a little classier. <laughs> I'd like to think that we do the, the, the classier. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of value in in knowing that sh- some shit is just not working and everybody being okay with that. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, it's like, like right. anybody listening understands when like you know some shit you try and say at a party just lead balloons or when you make a joke right. and nobody just run, yeah it's fucking like, it's dies on the mind moment. immediately like oh yeah. that's terrible yeah so it's like if everybody can be okay and sort of celebrate that everything just went to shit that's yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's you're winning the audience back I mean it's like a stand up exactly. who knows how to recover from a bomb you know, and that can actually 
be engaging in and of itself yeah. as well. That can be something where like like that becomes interesting or funny or whatever. And it's I think we're in a weird niche because we're not really a comedy podcast. And we're not really a music podcast. Because I think all, all the music podcasts, frankly, fucking blow. I, I don't I don't like a single one of them because they're all just like, oh yeah, we're going to talk to. Uh, uh, you know, whatever, fucking pitchfork band, and we're gonna find out about their writing process. And this, I don't care, whatever. And but for me, when we can talk to someone like Elijah from the Bookburners, who they're this band that they're they're not super well known or anything, but you know, there's five people, they all live in different states. Well, what does that what does that writing process look like? You know, how how are you as like people that have a kids? And, uh, you know, social responsibility is like life and jobs and things like that. How do you make this work for you? I think that's interesting, but it comes out conversationally. That's it. Instead of just being like the cold question and answer. Because a lot of times, like I could sit here and you guys could interview me about my band. And I'm sure it would be fine. But if we just talk about whatever because it happens to come up, I think that's way cooler. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 I mean, an interview, I think, is a key word because that's such the traditional sort of mode of interaction. You have, you have a host and you have a guest and the host interviews a guest. And yeah, it, it gets really, it can, it can descend so easily into that sort of stilted sort of press junket sort right. of feel. Like, oh, here's the canned response. I'm going to say this. You're going right. to, we're going to say that. And then, yeah. It's yeah. Like, Who the fuck gives a shit, man? Yeah. It's on the, on the first podcast I started doing, I don't, I didn't want to call anybody a guest. I just called everybody a host. <laughs> so it's, there's either two hosts or three hosts. Right. And I right, think that right, that's right. like kind of sort of the dynamic we can sure, find here right yeah. now today. It's, it sort of is. And I think that really works. Cause like, why would there be one person who's at a disadvantage or like one person who's right. a, whatever. I mean, obviously like me and Josh have been talking for whatever eight episodes or whatever so i would rather hear what you have to say than what i have to say for the hundredth time but at the same time it's like let's just all be hosts fuck it you know yeah, yeah. And, and it's if there's if there's a level of trust with who you have in there that they're not just like okay let's go i'm, I'm waiting i'm waiting for you to you know right which yeah. is like the the actress on david letterman thing of like haha yeah Right, you know, just like right. you're not, no, you're not. Didn't, didn't you have a you're funny story nothing. about a boat? Uh, didn't you, something about oh, a boat? Oh yeah, just it was happening? pretty good, but the boat sank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard Conan. I heard, uh, I, I heard you, you, you ran a little traffic on the way to the yeah, show. Exactly. Oh, little, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. How it was, about it that was Portland bad. weather? It sure does rain in Portland. <laughs> sure, there's a lot of rain. Chilly, <laughs> getting on it. Almost feels like winter. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, fuck you because you painted me into a corner. Yeah. All right. Well, this is dying. All right. Creating a bumper because, like, we actually do want if we do want to break it up and put a song every 20 minutes or so but yeah. then because you said that <laughs> because we said now the fact that i'm bringing that up makes every, you think that i think it's dying on the vine i think we should just go so bumperless fuck i think you. we should just yeah, yeah well, that's, that's, fine. Gonna, that's okay, fine that's fine we'll that's fine i mean this is we have fine you know what? We, all right, I'll put it this way: we, I, I run a very, a very self-aware. <laughs> Jesse is so angry now; it's wonderful. I wanted to get some Victory and Associates songs in here. I think that's. I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know what? I actually do need to pee too, so that would, that would actually probably be pretty there. Cool. We go. Let, 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 let's do this. All right, uh, now let, he's on my side. What do you think about that? Two hosts <laughs> against let, one. Let's take a break right now, and we'll play uh, something for Victory and Associates. And then what we'll song do you want? What song briefly. should we play? Uh, you, come to the new record, probably cool. Yeah. Um, Let's see. You can name it after the break, too. Oh, we, we yeah. go fuck. Yeah, stu- you, studio Magic Spot. <laughs> okay. It's okay. My favorite song in the new record is for serious. <laughs> I, oh, man. Sounds okay. great. Here's what we're going to do. We're going we're, we're gonna to take a break. We're going to play for serious by Victory and Associates. And uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the phrase for serious. Sounds good.
You going? All right, let's check in with the motorcopter. Motorcopter? What? Well, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those copters that has a, the motor. Uh, I kind of wish I had a si- soundboard to play ironically now. Auga. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're, yeah. Boing, as they as they say in the, the kids. I I didn't even touch yeah. that. Okay, so for serious. <laughs> this is one of those dying on the vine things that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> we are a failing vineyard. Uh, <laughs> For so, serious, for serious. Okay, the song so for serious, uh, yes. The phrase "for serious" I've always liked, and, and I like the song. I, Jesse sent me something so I could be at all familiar, and and, and yeah, I dig the uh, the the replicator stuff and the victory stuff. Um, and for serious, I, I like the song, but I, I love that phrase too. So it's a weird like mingling of things because I first heard the phrase "for serious." I'd never encountered it until I had a job uh, like ten years ago, mm-hmm. and a guy I worked with used it ironically all the time. He's like, "For serious." 
and yeah. uh, and it became part of my vocabulary. And so then the, the, I saw for serious. I was like, oh my god, it's for serious. And I kind of want to know, like, is this something that was actual, just basic accepted idiom, or something that has a sort of ironic bent? Or how did for serious end up being the title of the song? First of all, thank you for asking that question because uh, <laughs> I've been no waiting. I've been waiting had. to answer that for some time. Really? <laughs> no, absolutely. Because it sounds like it's a setup in that case, but it's not. No, no. I actually like. I, I here, here's the fuck up. Extemporaneity. You know how most quote unquote artists will just be like, well, I don't know, songs, whatever you make of it. No, man, it's what I made of it, and <laughs> here's what it was. I mean, obviously, going to have different interpretations, but right. what, so I'm coming up from prescriptivist. For serious is a song literally in defense of sincerity itself. Now, I'm also a big fan of language. I, I love a mixing of the vulgar and the erudite, uh, you know, the, the mundane and the loquacious. I think that's wonderful. I think we have this absurd... The classy ri- and the declass. Uh, absolutely. This absurd, <laughs> exactly. ridiculous language that has all these dumb rules <laughs> that half of them don't make any sense at all, even if you have studied the form, and especially if you're coming at it as like a second language or something. It's, it's preposterous. It's ridiculous. And that said, also, I think one of the main problems that we have in modern society is this, this, this detachment from everything. Everything's got to be detached because if you're detached, you're safe. If you engage with something, there's a danger of being rejected or being made yeah. out to be a fool or being made out to, you know, th- th- there's risk. There's risk and engagement. Yeah, there's some vulnerability that comes with it. There is. And people are not willing to do that because the Internet has made it easy to, on a very surface, facile way, engage with everybody. You're engaging with folks, um, you know, the individual is being celebrated without the needs of the individual uh, being met with. And For Serious is a song about sincerity. I feel like sincerity, when you talk about bands being o- sincere, it's always overtly sincere. You have these, these like pitchfork bands that are, you know, the, the banjos and the fucking 1920s vaudeville popper outfits, and they're, and they're yeah, that's in her songs. You know, and that's, it's been hijacked by these no good nicks, <laughs> and, and quite frankly, I mean, it's not my jam, frankly. And, and I find it a problem that all this humor, because we're all big fans of humor. <laughs> big fan of humor, Kona Neutron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing uh, a well, gravestone. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, big fan of humor. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie, who <laughs> loved bowling. <laughs> <laughs> back to the Big Lebowski. It's a callback. Radio terminology. Uh, for serious, it, a lot of times rock music, in humor especially, it has to be everything has to be ironic. And I'm gonna blame Pavement, uh, but Pavement was was endemic of, of that form, and they that 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 mindset was already percolating, and Pavement just kind of happened to you know be, be the, the medium for that. And then you know a lot of I do like I like smart humor. And I really like sarcasm, but when sarcasm borders on sardonicism and being bitterly sarcastic, that's when you kind of lose me. Like I think, I think it's easy to get cynical about things, and I think sincerity itself is attacked as a bad thing now. And I don't think it should be or needs to be. And in fact, I think that we need to have like a, a reset creatively to like, okay, well, maybe everything shouldn't be smirking detachment. Yeah, there's, a, there's a. I think part of the problem is that it's, it's entirely aside from the whatever the rhetorical or aesthetic value of uh sarcasm or smirkiness which you right. know, certainly they're they they work for a reason you know it, it, it's a powerful way to engage with something in a context but it's so easy for it to be reflexive we have this almost cultural reflexive and that becomes sarcasm. what the only conversation is is a bunch of fu- it, you, the, the, you know 
<laughs> this world that makes me sick had enough of snarky quips. I mean, it, it is like, you know, it's like, it's, and I, I love that kind of stuff, but like, when it gets to the point that that's the only conversation is when you have these reactions to things and like, oh, all right, guys. Like everything's like, you know, a big Mr. Roper aside to the audience. Yeah. And uh, dated reference, but I mean, <laughs> no, I, there's a lot of people watching Three's Company still. So when you're when you're talking about it's a fucking good show, man. <laughs> so and and going getting back to the idea of language, I like. I don't think rock music has to be stupid, and I like putting in phrases and things that uh, mean something awesome that maybe you don't hear every day, and so it's unexpected to hear this phrase or, or word here or those would be there. I also think slang's fucking rad. Slang is awesome. Is it always awesome? No. I, for instance, the word selfie. I, I can't stand. It. I fly into a rage if someone says one selfie. Of, one of my favorite things. I told about someone stop saying that word. I was like, stop just, saying just that. Just like word. it was a deal breaker. I just walked level. away. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just like I was a total dick about it. It was great. No, I, I, I that's one of the things that I, I kind of love about uh, slang and 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 neologisms and and <laughs> it sounds like a chism. Uh, <laughs> Just just the constant evolution of language (laughs) and the sort of casual, weird evolution and bifurcation of of everything that you know people use in terms of language and the way it can be such a battleground. You know, it's like sure, like I get annoyed at people who are pedantic about like you know semi made up prescriptivist bullshit that someone in the 19th century decided, and I I get annoyed at people who can't stand the thing the kids are saying today too. You know, it's all a mix. But then there's shit that I can't fucking stand, and I I kind of love that it's this weird like very very constantly shifting like war zone of everybody's got their preferences of their brothers and their uh disinclinations and there's evolution things change and i mean and, and anyone that knows i mean i that's just how i am like i mean it's not artifice like this isn't a put on <laughs> like I, this is you will hear something you know ridiculously needlessly uh, obtusely wordy and you'll hear something incredibly vulgar and maybe in the same sentence and that's that's just that's just how i am and i think that's great and so the idea with for serious is okay this is a song in defense of sincerity right so what but like let's use a phrase that's like oh, are you for real you know is this for serious it's like this is for real this is for serious this is a real thing and it, it, it kind of stems to me it stems back of like to writers lyrically when we talk about my lyrics now uh like the mountain goats like john darnell or uh tom waits that they have a really like even in songs that are maybe not their best songs, there'll be a phrase that just like sticks in your craw. And sometimes it'll be something where, you know, there's just something very, very easy, like a everyday phrase, and it's put with something else that you wouldn't expect to be near it. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> and I and I love that. And I also love really honest, sincere music. But more than more than that, I think sincerity has been hijacked by douchebags. And I think especially in big rock music, everything's got to be like, hey, guys, nudge, nudge, check this out. Well, guess what, man? Like, just because we're all into, like, humor or whatever doesn't mean that it has to be, like, jokes, 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 hey, waka, right. waka, waka. Like, I think there's, there's a – you can be serious about making music, right. have a sense of humor about yourself. There's another song on the record, the new record, called Are We Having Fun Yet? Directly inspired by the television show Party Down. Uh, with the, the the phrase is from uh, the the what's up style uh, catchphrase of um, uh, Adam Adam uh, Adam Scott, who's on Parks and Recs now, and the whole thing is that like he's he actually was a really good actor, but he got famous for being the what's up guy, you know. But his phrase, mm-hmm. are we having fun yet? So it's like the, this 
this defining line between delusion, disappointment, and hope that is all these different characters in the television show Party Down, and the fact that, like, that being the, like, maybe what if that's all, like, that you're ever known for? Well, to me, that's very humorous, but it's also like, oh, but that's telling the truth. That's telling something that's kind of important. Like, that could be a real thing. Like, what if, like, you know, we're all, you know, playing in bands and doing our things. Like, what, what if you're, like, we... What if you guys' podcast becomes known to be like, oh, that was the one where fucking Chair Top shot himself? <laughs> what I if? What? I'm, I'm, I'm ready, man. Do you know Bring anybody, it on. Do you know anybody we could... And that was the high moment of like what you were always were known for. Like you, sure. you had like done like your entire yeah. life, you'd strive for artistic goals and to speak yeah, greater and truth to meaning. This thing is the... And, and Chair Top pulled like a Bud Dwyer on your show. Why? Sure. I don't fucking know. He, maybe he just... He, he was he was already depressed and the crapshoot put him over the edge. I don't fucking know, <laughs> but I'm guessing probably the steroids. Probably, <laughs> probably that guy's a weird looking. Probably I don't know. I'm really. I don't know why I'm. I'm. I, it's like I, that might be my second carrot top mention for the show. Too. I don't know why carrot tops <laughs> on my mind, but this is a hack. He, he's an easy. He's an easy. He's in the break too. Right? Right? Really carrot top. Carrot top. Carrot top. Carrot top. So getting so getting back to to for serious, it is absolutely sincere song. But it is also taken into the account and sort of examining the point of like, well, engagement itself is actually not anything to shy away from. And there should be. And also, musically, that is the first song that that we wrote after These Things Are Facts, which Mm -hmm. was, I'm not going to say attacked, but it was criticized for, that record is just... You know, nonstop. It's relentless. There's no break. Mm -hmm. There's no break at all. So, and that, that was... Some people love like love that, you know, and some people were like, yeah, maybe not not so into that. So I was like, well, fuck, you know, we can do lots of different stuff. Like, check this out. So musically, there's a lot of space to it. It's almost like it's almost like psychedelic, you know. <laughs> like it's it's right. and it's it specifically is different sounding for that reason because we are a band that you know we bring a lot of different influences. There's a lot of things that that we can do, and and we're big fans of all these different kinds of rock music. And punk rock, and I think we we bring this like post punk and punk rock sensibility to it. And hopefully, like the critical thinking that comes with that, and they know when, like, hey, that's a, that was cool, that was fun, but that was a terrible idea. Let's never play that again. <laughs> and and then, but then also being able, to like, hey, you know, that was kind of cool, but that might kind of sound neat, you know, married with this over here. Sure. And that's how we like to work, and that's one of the reasons why we can be really productive. And come up with stuff that doesn't all sound just like each other. But it's also it's baffling to people because if you have if you have a band, it's like, oh, they're like, yeah, they're like a loud band. Like, oh, but they sound like ah, <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of like I don't know, Queens of Stone Age, Buzzcocks, uh, Cheap Trick, uh, fucking I don't know, nothing, but kind of none of those things. Like little Melvins, but not really. Like I don't like. I mean. And for me, all my favorite bands are usually hard to describe. It's like, you know, the kind of, how do you describe the Melvins? The, the fucking Melvins, man. Like, where the, like, do, do you I've just all, fucking write from I, Mars? I always sound just like, in general, to like describe a band thing. Like, like I've, never, I've never known how to describe a band I was in. I have trouble describing bands I like in terms of other bands. Sure. The easier they are like, to describe, the less interesting they are, for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, if you could say, oh, they sound like, like, they sound like Weezer if they were shitty. You know, okay. That's, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Shitty, I mean, there's a few right. bands, like, but, 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 you know, yeah. It's like any band that's got something, like, you don't engage with bands at a descriptive level. You're not like, I really enjoy this band because they have an upbeat, you know, uh, Ernest Americana, you know, you like you like you like the fucking way they sound. You like the songs they write. You like the way it feels right. when you listen to it. It's like yeah, so. No, it sounds like Crosby, Sills, and Nash. If you remove all their balls, yeah. <laughs> 
Now, the best thing a man can do is surprise you, right? Is to is to like f- sure. land in a place that's outside of your preconceived kind of genres or would be preconceived. Yeah, it's like all right. So uh, the uh, the third Police Teeth record, uh, when you know, first time I heard it, they have uh, like the they have like two songs that are like. I couldn't tell you the link. Like seven to ten minutes long, they're like totally like spacey. I was like, oh man, that's huh, bold move. Okay, <laughs> but I hung with it because like I knew like all right, well this is not going to be bullshit. Like this right. is going to be this is probably if they're doing this like they got a point to what they're doing here. I'm I'm gonna be in for that. And that's Christ, man. That's what you that's as a musician. That's like what you always hope, right? That people are going to be along for the ride and maybe like trust you a little bit to make right, the right give decisions. you the benefit of the doubt. And then for us, it works well because we're we're. We love being a band. We love, you know, the touring, like the making of records, the writing, songs, all that stuff. And we and we um, approach it knowing that we're adding to this, this this pantheon of all music that has come before. Not even just in our previous acts, but all music. It, like it's having a release in 2013 or 2014 uh, compared to like 2004 or compared to 1994. It's a totally different thing because you're not competing for people's attention was that came out that week. You're competing against all music of all time. Yeah. Right. You know, you're competing with like the band Death. You're competing <laughs> with uh, you know, the Stooges. You're competing with like the Nirvana reissue. You can be and and great stuff. So you're competing with it because it's all like universally accessible to everyone yeah, at all, all times. You're competing no. you're yeah. you're competing for people's attention. Right, right. And okay. Yeah, it's not just it's not just trying to get a essentially a share of the limited channel through which stuff is flowing via right there used to be a thing i think the onion had a thing it was a feature called justify your existence yeah, yeah they, they would get the bands. early av club yeah and i i actually really like that because to me i feel like you know, if it was like if, three questions yeah yeah and i think if you're if you're in a band i think you actually should be asking yourself <laughs> right. that question all the time right yeah you know and uh, i've got yeah i've got a great elevator pitch for that and i, I think it's we is it for everyone no uh and it shouldn't be it's not meant to be for everyone um we're in a unique spot that we're i guess relatively well received in certain circles um we definitely could be doing more but i don't ever get too upset about that or anything because we're doing we put in the work for it but there's so i mean I would have a tough time coming with the top 20 records for this year, let alone a top 10. Like, it's going to be rough. And there's always more. And there's always new and awesome. And it's wonderful. And that's fantastic. But it's also jarring. And for me, like, I'm a music obsessive. You know, I used to work at a record store you're talking about, you know, describing music. I actually reviewed records for years and years and years. And the reason why I quit is I got fucking sick of trying to describe (laughs) mediocre music. Like... How many times can you say this does nothing for me? There's nothing interesting here, and, and eventually you just be, you end up becoming a dick about it. Is what ends yeah. up happening. And so I was like, you well, know, you kind of lose your patience because it's like, yeah, you can only try and find the you know elegant, polite way to right. You know, let and it kills down your love of it. It kills yeah. your love of music. Like I knew. Here's how I knew when to quit. Uh, McCluskey do da- does Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I gave it a very mediocre review, and then I went back to I know right <laughs> when it came out. And it, and just, it was a fine for review. the listener. I just pulled a face. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah. <laughs> for those not looking at the live feed, right. <laughs> so he just made a very odd face of surprise. And I went back and listened to it. I was like, "What was I thinking? This record's fucking great. What was my problem?" And I was like, "I need. I, I got to stop. Like, you're, this is you're a calloused. I've lost. I've lost all perspective. And I 
See, because that brings me back a little bit to something I wanted to engage you on, because sure. I think that um, that being callous like that, I think, mm-hmm. is also related to what you're talking about, where there's this kind of this sense that you pick up in the culture of like this dispassionate, that everyone reacts to everything really sarcastically. There's right. kind of an ironic attachment from everything. Yeah, irony is cool. Detachment is cool. Right. Like being into stuff is not cool anymore. And I can totally see that. I mean, you can look <laughs> anywhere and see that, right? It's not just with music. It's, you know, it's with everything, all aspects yeah, of culture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, I, but I can look at it two ways. One is we're in a cultural doldrums right now, right? We're, sure. we're, we're shittily in love with irony and dispassion. Mm-hmm. And the, our, our heroes are all people who say, fuck it. I don't, I don't want to emotionally get engaged with anything or anything like that. Right. Or it's just kind of a constant race because of how we work as, a, as human beings. And I'm not trying to take one side or the other here, but it seems like one thing that you run into if you're trying to create a piece of creative work uh, is that you have to kind of stay ahead of the people who can't wait to be the first person to get over that. Right. Do you right, know what right. I mean? And, <clears throat> and, and I think that especially people who feel like they're co- showing up to something, a style of music or any type of art or just anything that other people are into, they're like, okay, I can't be the first one to be excited about this. It's too late. Totally. But I could be the first person to be over To be right? over it. And then yeah. I could be around the curve And that's that. actually, so in Better Luck Next Life and the, the new record, we address these themes very very directly. I mean, the song Ignore Button is literally about that. It's about the idea that, okay, you have these, that was born out of Romney supporters being not only surprised that Obama won, but surprised that he could have won. Because mm-hmm. they only ever saw people from their own uh, circles that agreed with everything that they said. And they yeah. only ever had what they believed in reinforced over and over again. They did not, they cut off all outside opinions and anything outside of, of their world. And that happens in all aspects of things. And people are very excited to be like the first one to shit on something. Because, yeah, like you said, like I just ex- the exact thing that you're saying that. You know, putting yourself, being the first person to find something awesome, but it takes a lot of work. Well, it's real easy to be like, oh, well, that sucks. Right. And I'm going to, I got like a one liner for like why that sucks. But this, yeah, the song Ignore Button is, is quite literally about that. It's like, you know, you got all these people in there and everyone's claiming me to be so fucking busy. Everyone's, uh, what are people so goddamn busy with, man? Like, <laughs> I, I'm the one, of the, I'm one of the busiest motherfuckers in the world. And I, I almost never say I'm busy because for me, I'm like, I see people that are working hard at me. I'm like, God, I need to step it up. <laughs> you know, and like I'm an active like touring rock band that like makes records, produce a podcast regularly, work a full time plus job, have a beautiful girlfriend, like house. Like, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm as busy as can be. But for me, saying that you're busy is like, oh, well, I'm just above that. Like, no, you're not, man. You're not what you're so fucking busy with. You're not fucking busy. But it, the, the idea is like, okay, so ignore a button. You have everyone talking, but is anybody listening? It's like right. everyone's talking to the wall. You know, you're talking to the dog. You're talking, but there's no comprehension. The dog's like, <laughs> huh? You know, and, I did, and to, the, to the listening audience, I just made the like RCA dog like cock of the head when I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I think talking Ooh. to the dog should just enter the parlance because it's so useful as a That's, term. Yeah, yep. there's a there's a there's a concept uh, in uh, I, I, I've got a computer science background, so I, my head is full sure. of unrelatable. And you've had a lot uh, of the, like tech guests and <laughs> folks on the on the, yeah, the yeah, show. Well, well, yeah, we talk, talk some tech. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely a tech talker, for example. But, it really uh, has been almost like fifty-fifty, like yeah. super computer nerd universe. Super the ones yeah, I the one episodes I've heard most have been the computer. Yeah, sure, yeah. Stuff, which is um, cool for me because I don't listen to any of those shows. So, <laughs> so for me, it's like oh, there's a fresh perspective <laughs> yeah, on sure, this. Right. But yeah, so 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 you have the concept, the, the familiar concept, I think, actually, of like a read-only file, a file that mm-hmm. you can read but you can't write to, and it's a it's a 
common thing. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you. But 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 the inverse side that you don't really see so much, but that you know works as an analogy is write only, which that you could in theory have you know memory that you can only write to but you never read so sure. you write it but then no one will ever see it and, and that's like it, yeah. it's the same thing talking about it, it, it it's like if, if you are write only like you are not put into a vacuum yeah no yeah. one yeah. yeah you're never gonna receive information you're never gonna like reflect on anything you're just like Bleh. you know it's like it's the classic and sort of i talk think that's radio that's thing. a problem in today's day and, age. and the interesting got evan his fucking who says the most brilliant shit sometimes just very off the cuff said yeah, we're like problem acknowledgement based rock music, <laughs> <laughs> and we are. Because if you stop and think about it, like, and like I could tell you, like I said, I could go through each and every song on the record and tell you, like, what, sure, like this, like where this came from, how this was to be, and it's all stuff along those lines, you know, like you know, and that's because there's so much weird, like you know, everything's amazing, nobody's happy. That's based right. at the Louis C.K. bit. It's also yeah. based on first world entitlement, right? Everyone's sitting there bitching about like the Wi-Fi access. Well, yeah, and, on and, their.
like Jehu, and then we're like talking about like oh he's kind of lonely and he, for a while, and he didn't like he sold his, like he didn't play drums <laughs> for like ten years. I was like oh my god, this is, like, how would I ever have this conversation <laughs> otherwise? This is right. badass. Right, and I mean, there's the advantage of like, it, it, oh, however many years ago that stuff just wouldn't have been lost in the ether if no one was listening while right, it was exactly. being broadcast. But, but the now, is, like, people can discover it, and it, and it, there's value which is to you it. Can't it, stop it the eventually, signal. Can and that's that's a, the, the same <laughs> thing with the song and, and the ethos is that you know things you put out in the world, even they don't yield immediate results. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's out there. And speaking yeah. of lost the ether, uh, we're we're back from uh, a oh. weird kernel <laughs> panic. Oh, the psych out! Uh, yes, the computer crashed, and so we stopped in mid sentence. Kernel panic is my least we'll favorite. Find out later when I edit this, but Colonel uh, panic is my least favorite dubstep artist. He's... <laughs> so we actually may have just cut ourselves off mid sentence. There, yes. we don't know. Yes, who knows? Maybe we'll find yeah. a clean some studio yeah. magic. Yeah, we'll see. But, but then, uh, did you just come in mid-sentence with me and Conan I, I, talking? I, I, I think we might just run up for more. We're talking. Let's about. just let's run let's them right just, into each other and just the make things a whole that we just said some more, like Mad Lib style. Yeah. Just mush. Maybe we together. can like overdub ourselves, acknowledging. Yeah, totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, mm-hmm. We'll get it. We'll, we'll get a clean. <laughs> well, I don't know. From each of us, they'll be like the devil's advocate. I hate to interrupt you, but if you could just stop right there. Excuse me, me. I think you're talking out your ass. You frequently do. But you were gonna you were gonna mention uh, oh, shit. Well, we're coming we're coming back off of uh, probably a second song from yeah, Victory let's and Session, that's hopefully, let's right? Which was, was... if we got up to me talking about everything's amazing, nobody's happy. That probably would have would have been a good one. Let's well, do maybe that. that. Maybe, maybe that already. Then maybe been. it happened before. Yeah. That will have been the song audience. you just heard, yes. listener. Yes. We'll have present, past, participle, future. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to be we we keep, we have been pushing this back because we started late and and we, you know for, for and then we had no this is it's my fault as much as anybody um, and then technical problems and stuff and we have to race off because Conan has to play a fucking show tonight. It's so, hard being uh, this popular. If you have to, <laughs> that is so lame. You have a time machine. Go back and see him at the no in the next thirty minutes. Um, Fire up the DeLorean and get down there. <laughs> Before we go, though, I, there was a thing. I, I just I think this is such an awesome story, and 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 is fiery. Like, hits what's great about and and subversive about a, a musical act that has doesn't have ties or obligations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is that you can do something like create a compilation album called Carl Rove Courage and Consequence on <laughs> Unabridged Audio, and totally. uh, uh, get together a bunch of musicians to put together a bunch of anti far right wing songs and basically Google bomb Carl Rove's then freshly published autobiography. Sure, and so the, yeah, and then the backstory behind that is me being you know, somewhat politically active. I, I, I noticed Carl Rove. Fucking Carl Rove, the architect, like the literally the the, the man behind the scenes, the, the the Wizard of Oz of of dark arts, is putting out an autobiography, and he's calling it Courage and Consequence. <laughs> a man that has no courage and has never dealt with any consequences to himself at all. And I mean, I, if if I was a cartoon character, you would you would have seen steam fly out of my ears. Uh, that like the, the the cartoon temperature gauge would have hit the top and burst. <laughs> it would have, I was like, are you? Fucking kidding me! No, like there's there's, there's no and me. I'm saying at the time I, I think I was even unemployed at the time, and I was just like, fuck this. <laughs> and so then I immediately was like, ah, there you know, I'm gonna make a band and call it Carl Rove Courage and Consequence. 
and it's gonna come out before his stupid fucking book and we're gonna like google bomb him and it'll all be songs about how much he sucks it's gonna be bullshit i was like yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome i'm, I'm in i'm in i'm in then i was like wait wait i don't want to make him a band like what what am i talking about and then all these different bands were like hey you know if you you know if you do that you know what like what about making a comp and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a comp. It's a compilation now. It's Carl Rove, Girls of Consequence, and also fuck that guy. And the reason why, I mean, Carl, focus on Carl, Carl Rove. Like, the thing at the time to have done would have been to focus on someone like Sarah Palin, right? But Sarah Palin is, a, is the puppet. She's she's not a person of consequence, actually. But that, that would have, like, the level of attention that would have uh, had would have been much higher because sure, that would have been, been in the zeitgeist to what everyone was yeah, talking about. A lot more marketable as well. The point is, nobody was talking about Carl Rove, and Carl Rove never stopped being the behind-the-scenes dude. It never stopped being the guy, like you know, uh, pig fucking and everything. And and the thing is, that guy has been doing that his entire life, and he's very good at it. So exposing that is more important than like, oh, here's something talking about how stupid Sarah Palin is. We're right, fucking... catching a ride on the media kind of bubble of Sarah Palin. That would have been probably much more financially successful or whatever. Sure. But like that's that's that's, that's a low hanging fruit. That's as low as you can get. Like going for Carl Rove is like, no, that actually is a chance to not only not only can we shed some light where the cockroaches lay <laughs> and maybe get them scattering just a little bit. But there is the and this this is this is the honest thought. There's the there's the honest potential that I can just bum him out just a little bit. <laughs> Me, some unemployed, fucking talkative, rock music playing motherfucker in Oakland, California, can bum out that fucking son of a bitch. And as we were like assembling the records, that that was actually something that you know someone brought up. I was like, wow, this is. <laughs> Long way to go to stick in someone's eye, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, kind of is." Because what happened is, is, is that it came together very quickly. It was a compilation put together, lots of bands like all around, all around the country. Uh, you know, liner notes written by the author Jason Myers, uh, Rude Pundit. I wrote up a thing as well, and we it, where you all sit, where you say that, where you say, "I hope this bums you I, the I fuck hope, out." Yeah, I hope you fucking. <laughs> I hope this hurts. I hope you yeah. look at this, and I hope it 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 fucking hurts you. And the yeah. reason why is because you hurt so many people. You've you, like both directly and indirectly just by your actions. And, and then the idea was we made the record look like a book. And if you look, I like, Oh, it's a cartoon Carl Rove. What the hell is? And then you're like looking like, Oh, that's like a, like a, a desiccated Walmart in the background <laughs> that like, you know, Oh, the economic policies. Oh, right. Right. In the right. back, it's like, whether it'd be like the, I can't believe Carl Rove is such a great author. You know, like those level of quotes. It's all <laughs> quotes by Carl Rove of him just saying odious, like fucked up shit, right? Right. And it's done as if it was a book. And the idea was you call it Carl Rove, Courage and Consequence. You fuck up the group. So people actually looking for the book find like the comp instead. That did happen. Not as much as I would have liked, of course. Sure. But uh, it, it, it did actually happen. There was like a Wikipedia page. It was like a small scale thing. It was like a small-scale news story for like maybe like a week, something along those lines. But most importantly is that this guy, Christian Philly is his name. He played a man called the uh, Bloodsucking Fiends. I didn't really know him for this comp. And uh, Philadelphia went to one of Carl Rove's book signings and brought the record, the big record for Carl Rove to sign. <laughs> so he's gawking up there, and people are stoked because he's the only one there that's like under 50, like him right. and his buddy. Like he's just like, you know, like a 
dude, like, you know, like, whatever, late 20s, early 30s, doesn't matter. And they're like, oh, God, that's awesome. Oh, like, all that a young conservative. We oh, we're really, our message off. is working yeah. here. <laughs> and he's, right. like, smiling, and he brings up the wreck, and they took, like, some cell phone pictures of it, and, like, you know, oh, man, those guys are going deep cover, right? And they're taking cell phone pictures, and you can see him hand the record to Carl Rove. <laughs> and you see him, like, oh, what's this? And he, he smiles, and you kind of see it. You see it like the smile kind of turned to like a frown, and he kind of just like goes a little white and he says, mm. "I'm gonna give this back to you now." <laughs> so he's fucking seen it. He's fucking touched it. He knows it exists, and mission accomplished. And and he was bummed out by it. <laughs> he was bummed out by it. Yeah, at least at least for a moment. And I would I would not never be so arrogant as to say that like it had was more than a blip on the radar. Sure. But the fact that because it was not just me. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. I know the leg worked to get that done, but that was something that takes a village for this kind of shit. You sure. know, and everyone that, that worked on that worked so hard, and like it, it was amazing that like so many people. I was, I was like, this is insane. Like this is like when you actually get to the point of like, here's a crazy idea. Oh, I'm gonna do it. Oh, I gotta do it. And you know, we raised the money. We made the records. It came out before the book. Like we, it was it was a story. Like I <laughs> talked to Mike Malloy about it on the radio. I, it was a pretty decently sized big deal for a while. And all the there's all these songs that were written about two and four Carl Rove. And I don't know. It, it, for me, it's like that's for me how I got into like what you well called punk rock is to do things where you can make a difference. Like you can become the media. You can become the story. You can look at something fucked up out there and you can change it because you actually have that power. Now, when you're dealing with something like, oh, that guy is so firmly entrenched of, you know, like a kind of evil shit he's up to. I don't fucking know. But then I'm, I'm just some fucking guy. I was unemployed at the time. <laughs> I was even a fucking job. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the fact that you can do all that stuff that's a good example of the use of the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's something where, like, you know, if I had if I if I had it like to do over again, I would I would do it all different. You know, I would do it better. I'm sure because I like learned a lot from it. But, sure. Yeah. And there's gonna be someone that does like something similar to that, and they're and they are gonna get on the Daily Show. Almost happened, by the way. They are gonna get on Colbert <laughs> Report. Also, almost happened. They are gonna get on uh, Conan O'Brien. Also, almost happened. Like, I mean, it was like that would have been awkward, though. That, yeah, I, yeah. I have a whole. If that ever were to happen, <laughs> I, I have. All right, we're back again for another weird crash. I would uh, thank Conan O'Brien for being famous, so people pronounce my name correctly. There we. All right, the computer keeps crashing, so uh, we're just going to say goodbye here real quick. I want to thank you very much, Conan, for uh, sure. schlepping up to my house uh, yeah, for this. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for... Sorry I was late. <laughs> I, I hope the show is 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 excellent tonight. And, uh, These are the pitfalls of DIY media. Yeah, you know, we're really we're talking it. about. We're There's no net. For sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're basically splattered corpses at the bottom of the circus is... is is the I, metaphor I'm not we're going following for. that analogy right. at all. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And oh boy, VictoryAssociates.net if you want to find more about yes. the, yes. the, yes. the, we'll the band. Yes, the stuff on the, 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 the right. blog post and such. And, uh, is it dot com or dot net? I think, I think it's, it's dot net. net. I, I want to say. Net? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. It's linked from the crapshoot.net. Yeah, it, it is, which is a better website <laughs> than ours, objectively. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. <laughs>